0: Hello, good morning. Welcome to Join Next, We're coming to you live from our studios in Kukum, Limley we're on DTT because we're free to wear Coming up this morning, increasing costs of dialysis threatens a possible shutdown of the Kualibut Teaching Hospital. More as the country's premier hospital contemplates adjustment of the current 380 cities per session cost to 765 to keep the facility running. How worse can it get? what becomes of the patients we have a story to tell also national petroleum authority warns the chinese firm behind the construction of an oil refinery at tema will not license some 600 trucks imported to transport petroleum products insisting the haulage of the product is solely the preserve of indigenous Ghanaian companies will share with you details of a letter written to the company. Plus, nobody will beg pampered child Alan Sherman-Ting to return to NPP Wale MCE writes as he warns party leadership against any back-channel arrangement for his return. And as Google marks 25 years anniversary, we explore how impactful it has been in your career, business, and education. What about the shortcomings we'll hear from the experts? My name is Aisha Ibrahim. Do stay for details. The Teaching Hospital says it will be forced to shut down its dialysis unit if it does not increase the cost of dialysis treatment from 380 cities to 765 Ghana cities. Head of Public Relations at the Koli Hospital, Mustafa Salifu, says the removal of tax exemptions and high import duties are responsible for the new charges. We'll hear from him shortly, but first in a video that has gone viral, one of the protesters who spoke to Maxwell Agbagba at the Occupy Jalobi flagstaff. Staff, uh, Occupied Jalobi House demonstration at the weekend said she was protesting for a better healthcare system. She said a 24-year-old man had died that morning after his father, who was a teacher for 30 years, could not afford the cost of dialysis treatment. Maxwell Baba has more in this report. It is afternoon.
1: Thousands of young Ghanaians have partially shut down the capital after blocking the main road with their protest, they among others demanded an end to corruption, unemployment and mismanagement of the economy. The sun has now disappeared from the sky, as it starts to get dark, the crowd Agitated, demanded the removal of barricades so they can demonstrate in front of the Jubilee House. One of the protesters, Nasiba, is charging at the policemen here. A reason, a reason, 24-year-old man died the morning before the protest. His father, who worked as a teacher for 30 years, could not afford the cost of dialysis for him.
2: God, I swear God will touch you, What you did not taste God. My lady, my lady, calm down, calm down, calm down, calm
1: down. My lady, calm down, calm down, calm down. What's your name? Nasiba Nasiba you're very angry
3: I'm What's very your story? angry
1: What's your story? I am
2: very angry I'm more angry this morning people are dying each day the dialysis uh, machine in Konebu Gospel do you know the number of people who died a 24 year old boy died this morning his father is a teacher his father is a teacher gave over 30 years of his life to the service could not afford transplants could not afford dialysis what do you mean? Do you know how my taxes, they check out every day? The cost of living, but you bring in flowers for your daughter's birthday. You bring a cake to celebrate the 11th. God will judge the government.
1: Granddaughter of Dr. Kwame Nkrumah, Princess Fatia Nkrumah, is also here to protest against an effective healthcare system. She lost someone very close to her as a result of that.
2: I'm taking her out of the protest because the cost of living crisis in this country has reached a point where the minimum wage is less than a loaf of bread. And if that's not enough reason to be out here in the streets, then I don't know what is. I've personally lost women who are Incredibly close to me and instrumental in my birth and in my raising because of the poor resources that the healthcare system has. If things don't change, it's going to make living in this country impossible. In fact, living in this country for many people is impossible.
0: We can now hear from the P.R.O. of the Kolebutichin Hospital, Mustafa Salifu, who says the hospital will be forced to shut down its dialysis unit if it does not increase the cost of dialysis treatment from 380 cities to 765 Ghana cities. He says the removal of tax exemptions and high import duties are responsible for the new charges.
4: So really, if we do the real analysis of the cost, it, you get to about eight hundred and fifty cities. Previously, it was it was it was done because they, because some of the variables some of the variables were actually being taken care of uh, by by the state. But now we have had to pay for everything ourselves, and all those things are factored in. Trade. Now, when you we used to previously we used to clear we used to clear these items, we used to get tax uh, tax exemptions when we are clearing these items. But now you have to pay for the import duty and other taxes. That are related to it. So, if we still want to run as we used to do previously, it means I think my brother in the next couple in the next couple of weeks or several days down the line, we'll have to uh, shut down the unit.
5: In other words, if you do not increase the cost of dialysis, you will be left with no choice but to shut the dialysis unit down entirely. That,
4: that, 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 that is a hard reality that we
5: have to face. And you say it's primarily because one the the uh the cover you get from the government is no longer there you're now having to do full cost recovery the tax exemptions have also been removed
4: yes the uh, tax exemption is no longer there the cost that we get we you know these are imported from europe the cost of uh, the kit has gone up and then uh the cost of virtually all the 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 the, the inputs that we use we deserve yeah, to provide these services have gone up so and uh, you know we, we are not doing this to actually make profit. we want to provide a service to patients, so what we have done as I mentioned, when we did a real actual uh, assessment of the the, the cost, taking all the inputs that we need to buy we need to procure to provide a service, it comes to about eight hundred and fifty Ghana cities, but you know we need to cushion the patients a bit that's why we did, we did a, when we did analysis, we realized that uh, if we leave it at the 765.42, uh, th- that is something we, we 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 can manage to to keep this.
0: Let's stay a bit longer on this and get some education on how the disease develops. Early this year, I engaged Dr. Samuel Eduagen, a medical officer at the Renal Dialysis Unit of the Kolibu Teaching Hospital, on how to maintain a healthy kidney. He tells us about the causes, among which is malaria.
6: So many causes of kidney diseases. Um, I would break it into two. First of all, we can have an acute kidney injury acute kidney failure and then we have the chronic kidney failure or chronic kidney disease so any condition that is able to cause a reduction in the blood flow to the kidney can cause kidney disease so if someone has an infection it can also cause kidney disease if there is a reduced blood pressure or extremely high blood pressure in an acute state it can also lead to kidney problems Aside that, you can have um, infections, even malaria can cause acute kidney problems. Aside that, we can also talk about hypertension, diabetes, obesity, smoking, which are the key risk factors that we have that causes the kidney disease in Ghana. So concerning lifestyle, lifestyle is the driving factor that leads to hypertension, diabetes, as well as obesity. And so... If someone is taking a lot of saturated fat, that can lead to hypertension. If we are not exercising, we are also at the risk of developing hypertension, diabetes and obesity. All of these things can affect the blood flow to the kidneys and then would result in a chronic kidney disease. Mm. So lifestyle plays a key role, the diet we take, how much water we even drink per day. Also affects it's a, it's, it's our lifestyle, and that can also lead to kidney problems.
0: That means if you don't take enough water, yes, that can affect your kidney.
6: Yes, if you are not drinking enough water, you are dehydrated. Once you are dehydrated, you don't have enough blood perfusing the kidneys per minute, and during that period, you can develop some form of kidney failure.
0: But okay, go ahead.
6: Yes, and patients who are people who are acutely ill, who are vomiting, having diarrhea, you are losing a lot of fluids. So doing that fees as well it can lead to kidney problems.
3: The
0: national petroleum authority is warning the Chinese firm behind the construction of an oil refinery at Tema that it will not license Some 600 tankers imported to transport petroleum products across the country. The Chinese company, according to the NPA, will be violating the local content law if it engages in the haulage of products refined by the entity. The Tanker Owners Union has already warned they will stop the transportation of oil products if the regulator does not step in. Here is a member of the union, Kwame Jantua.
7: You know that uh, quite recently, a new refinery was built by the Chinese in Tema, next door to the Tema oil refinery. And we have no challenge with that. But then we realized that they have brought in 600 tankers. They were, they were saying they come to haul their product into other OMCs. And we were asking, does MPA know about it? Because for anything like that, MPA should be aware. The excuse they gave was that the refinery that they built, how they load the refined petroleum products into the tanker, they do it through the bottom and not through the top. And that most Ghanaian tankers do not have bottom loading. But that is not true. Nearly 90% of tankers in Ghana have both top and bottom loading. So what is their uh, intention? Why have they brought these 600 in? And we are of the opinion that they have brought it in to do oilage. And the challenge is that they can undercut because they are producing. They can undercut. And once they undercut, that means they are competing with other petrol uh, 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 companies. Mm -hmm. And then the next thing you see, they'll have their own petrol garages and gradually they take over. They have the money to bring in 600 trucks because they say the, the loading system is different. But we can do the same. We have the same loading uh, 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 mechanism. Now, they will tell you that, oh, uh, they are going to hire people. So let's say they hire 1,200 people. Compared to the number of people we have over 5,000. Well,
8: 5,000 yes, so of your members or people who directly
7: who, get who direct employment from you. Who get business from us. Drivers, maids, mechanics, all those people, maintenance people. They live on what we do. So if you gradually now come and infuse your trucks into the system and you kill ours, what happens? The number of people that you you hire, the 1,200, they are less than those who are going to lose their jobs and lose their livelihoods. So the threat here is that you fear this automatically or eventually will drive you out of business. It kill the haulage business for Ghanaians who are in it.
0: Well, the NPA has a response, and Elton Brobe joins me for with more on a letter written to Cento. Elton, what is the NPA demanding?
8: So, Aisha, this is dated the 25th of September, 2023, and it's addressed to the Chief Executive of Cento Refinery Limited. The the NPA says that it has come to its attention that Cento has imported a large number of bulk road vehicles. Those are the tankers into the country for the transportation of petroleum products. Additionally, the MPA says that they've noticed that the configuration of the loading gantry as the refinery can only accommodate bottom loading instead of top loading or both. This configuration, according to the MPA, would mean that about 5,000 BRVs in the country will not be able to load from the gantry. And this situation, according to the MPA, has already created uneasiness among stakeholders in the petroleum down industry, industry. And it says that the entry of central to the domestic market in view of the refining capacity means that Central may be producing approximately 50% of the domestic petroleum product requirements of this nation. Therefore, disenfranchising existing local players with over 5,000 uh, BRPs will create a very unfair competitive environment in the industry. And they also quote Section 43 of the National Petroleum Act and also the local content law, which reserve this sector of the economy to indigenous Ghanaian companies. And the MPA ends by saying that. We wish to advise that aspect about policy the authority will not be in a position to license your bulk vehicles to transport petroleum products in the country if the intention of your company is to transport petroleum products from your loading country furthermore the authority does not intend to disregard the ministry of energy's ghana content and Ghanaian participation policy it will ensure that no unlicensed entity carries out the transportation of petroleum products in the country and this is signed by Mustafa abdul hamid the chief executive of of uh, MPN is addressed to the Minister of Energy, the coordinator of, of the oil marketing companies, as well as the Central uh, Refinery, which is yet to start operations in the country.
0: Th- there's also an NPA letter to the Tanker Owners Union. What does it say?
8: So the, the NPA letter to the uh, Tanker Union says that we wish to inform you that, per our records, the authority has not licensed any Chinese transport company. Neither have we licensed only any PRB imported into the country by a Chinese company for the transportation of petroleum products. And they refer to the Ministry of Energy uh, content law and Ghanaian participation policy that says that the business activity of the transportation of petroleum products is reserved entirely for Ghanaians. That means that the ownership of such business is supposed to be 100% Ghana. And the MPS says that they are showing membership of the, uh, that the authority does not intend to disregard the Ministry of Energy's policy on local content and they will take steps to invite both parties to resolve this matter as to whether the 600 uh, tankers belong to the Chinese firm or a Saganian firm. The MPSS, they are taking steps to resolve it. But for now, they have not licensed any truck belonging to the Chinese company for the purpose of transporting petroleum products across the country.
0: Elton Brobe, with that update, is something we'll be monitoring with keen interest. Definitely, viewers will know how it unfolds. The Westman Municipal Chief Executive and a member of uh, the NPP, Dr. Mamadouba Omiye's campaign uh, in the Northeast region, Arimea Osomolake, has said Alan Tramontine's resignation from the NPP will have no significant impact on the prospect of the party's victory in the upcoming general elections. According to him, the majority of Mr. Tremontine's loyally supported him because he was a member of the MPP. However, cautioned the party against any back-channel arrangement for the return of Alan Tremontine, who he describes as a pampered child who wants to be pampered at all times. He spoke to correspondent Ilya Sotanko.
9: You can see that a lot of the people that were following him has now come out and throw their support to the Vice President. It was done in the western region, enough, it, was, it, was, it was done even in other northern region. The Deputy Minister of Finance, who was a, a, an ardent supporter of the Alan campaign team, has come out and threw her support out of it. He said she was following her because of the party. They follow him because of the party and not the individual. The party is bigger than anyone. No one person is bigger than the party.
5: Arumiah Somulake was reacting to the resignation of Mr Charmantin in announcing his breakaway from the MPP on Tuesday. Mr. Chamantin cited amongst others the intimidation of his supporters, including prominently the beating up of his agent in the Northeast region during the party superdelegates election, which he lost. In reaction, the MCA denied Mr. Chamantin's supporters were intimidated in the Northeast region and criticized his reason for resigning from the party.
9: But even two hours there, the guy was not chased away. But he was beaten. He, 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 was, he, he, he had confrontation with an individual who was more stronger than him. Besides that, that shouldn't be an avenue for him to, 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 to resign. It, is, it was only one incident out of 16. Besides that, they came back together and were able to form a formidable team to go. So that shouldn't be an opportunity for him to go. Let me tell you, is there any election in this country that has been done with violence? And nobody has ever resigned. You see, he resigned for the fact that he's incompetent to lead the party. Because if he knew that he was competent enough to lead MPP, he would have found his ways of getting into this. Let me tell you, we can't continue to be this man like that. He behaves like a, I mean, a, a pampered child, a last-born, who the parents all don't, I mean, a pamphlet. We don't do that. Let's come together. This is political party. It is not a family affair, and the political party is bigger than each and everybody.
5: He also added that although he wished Mr. Chiramounte would will willingly return to the party, he cautioned against any attempt to convince him back if he failed. But let me tell you, this time no one will beg him.
9: We're not begging. We well, allow him because that is conscience. We are are, are looking at it in such a way that at least he should be able to understand that it's a political issue and not an individual issue, right? Okay. But Umar has sold himself very well, marketed himself, marketed himself very well, and sold himself to the people. And that is what is happening. It is not because he is the vice president. We don't have any personal issue with him. It is political issues we are talking about, and we should look at it and look at the future of this country.
0: Meanwhile, with less than a week to end the limited voters registration exercise, the Electoral Commission has revealed there has been several complaints on illegal registration of minors in some areas. The EC started a limited voter registration exercise on September 12th, seeking to register persons who have turned 18 years. After the previous registration exercise, chairperson of the EC, Jin Mensa, tells Joy News, comprehensive measures have been enacted to put an end to this practice.
10: We've received information of some incidents of having minors attempt to register. The good news is that we have what we call challenge forms, and anybody who is a registered voter can challenge anybody who is considered to be a minor, and I believe that citizens are taking advantage of that. On a daily basis, we receive the statistics coming from the district offices, and then you see the number of challenged you know, cases as well, challenged persons as well. So we believe that at the end of the process, when we set up the district registration review committees, you know, those who have been challenged would have an opportunity to a hearing. And if they provide enough evidence to show that they are Ghanaians and they are 18, then and they reside in the district where they registered, then they would get on the roll. If If not, then, of course, they would not have a way on... You know they will not have a place on our rule but the interesting thing and the good news is that we have the challenge system and in spite of you know minors being bussed to some of the registration centres you know to, to, to register as voters that bracket the, that part of the law that aspect of the law would ensure that it, they do not get onto the register.
0: You have EC uh, commissioner. Uh, Now Google is 25 years today. Google was officially established in September 27, 1998. The tech giant said in a blog that its journey began when doctoral student surgeon Brin and Larry Page met at Stanford University's computer science program in the late 1990s. They worked towards making the worldwide Web more accessible to people and started developing a prototype for a better search engine, adding that while the duo started their work from their dorm rooms, they later shifted the operations to a rented garage, which became Google's first office. Well, today, Google is being used by people from all walks of life and at all levels, including students and the working class. So the tech giant turns 25. We ask, how beneficial has Google been to you and what can improve? Thankfully, I've been joined by tech analyst Maximus Ametobo. He is a tech analyst. Uh, he joins us via Zoom for the conversation. Also joining us is Desmond Israel. He's a lawyer and data and cybersecurity practitioner. I'm grateful for your time, gentlemen. Let me start with you, Maximus. Generally, would you how would you describe the benefits we derive from the search engine Google?
11: I think that Google they've been able to help us find content. On the internet, we have billions of, of websites on the on the internet, and uh, I would say trillions of content uh, on the uh, pieces of content on the internet. So to find this content, you needed a search engine to be able to uh, search engine to to uh, search for those content. And what they have done is developed a very smart system where they can crawl all this content into a database then display it in a search results for us to to find or click more on when we search for it within their engine and they have evolved over the years into developing other smart and innovative products
0: Well, uh, Desmond uh, has also joined us. I want us to look at Google's commitment to ethical AI, and specifically its commitment to help Africa develop its own geolocation data for future AI solutions, and, and of course, solving African problems.
12: Okay, uh... I, I think um, Google's AI journey has been a, a long one. Um, for the context of Africa, we know that they set up here, they had a base in Ghana here uh, where they started doing you know, some of these things. Um, also if you look at from the Manpower point of view in terms of capacity building and the rest, they've, they've been able to throw a few things out there um, which we can credit to them. But um, from where I sit, I I think we would be more interested in, you know, having more specifics um, in in terms of how much more Google is giving to uh, Africa for the purposes of um, AI development. For instance, if you speak to uh, AI gurus, they will tell you that Africa has not been able to put together what we would consider our own, like, an an Afrocentric data set, which matches most of the problems of Africa. Google, as Maximum said, has been able to put out the biggest you know index that you could ever have when it comes to search engine, and so Google finds itself in a well-positioned um, place where it could help Africa go on to do its own data collection and data curation, which is more specific to you know getting African context, kind of output, you know our culture, um, the nuances of our location, um, our unique issues, and, and and things like that, and and that's something that. From somebody like me would love to see you know, um, uh, Google bring to the fore and, and, and engage experts about it. And how, how can we do this? Um, you, I, I mentioned data collection and curation, which is at least the most important thing now, making sure that we have that Afrocentric kind of data that we could reference to, uh, where AI models would not just be using Western-based data to determine you know, the outcomes, uh, even though we are using the products within Africa. Um, You can also look at capacity building specifically um, and and look at how uh, we could actually collaborate. And I'm looking at this even from the government point of view. um, We are already discussing trying to invite AI into what we do. And I think that would be a very good call to get Google to come on board and and assist from that angle. Um, Open data initiatives, uh, grants, funding, you know, um, small businesses that that are also veering into this area could, could benefit from things things like that. So, yeah, generally, Google is out there doing a lot. Um, for a company that is valued at $1.6 million, <laughs> <laughs> you, you you cannot say that, you know, they are doing everything wrong. No, they're definitely doing something right, and you could clearly see from the outcomes that they've been able to put out there. But I speak more of being concerned about where Africa is going and especially if you mentioning um, um, AI, um, I think that Google can do more. I, I also hold some views about you know, misinformation and, and disinformation, but I'm sure as we go online, uh, as we go on with the conversation, I will get the opportunity to. So,
0: so, so as data protection specialist, uh, you and I are definitely concerned about how Google protects personal data. What do you want to see in terms of combating misinformation, um, fake news and actually enhancing personal data protection?
12: Right. So, okay, so the first thing that got my attention was Google actually contributed about 25 million uh, uh, euros um, for the launch of the European uh, Media and Information Fund. Um, I think we need this more. <laughs> we need this more in Africa, you know, uh, to, to be able to position ourselves when it comes. Because a new wave of privacy issues and, and and cybersecurity issues also has a lot to do with misinformation and and disinformation, even though it's more seen from a journalistic perspective, um, you can also recount their $13 million investment into the international fact-finding uh, network. So clearly, they have they have a point-based mission to to help address mis- and disinformation. But I'm looking at it from where Africa itself is getting some sort of value out of this, like data, data journalism training, you know, um, fact-check tools, which are more focused, you know, to our use here. Um, and even research specific for journalists, you know, and, and, and how we vet user-generated content. Mind you, they, they more or less control probably the largest data set we can get when it comes to content, from the search engines um, to internet use behavior through Google Chrome, uh, through the YouTubes that we, we create content and host and share, um, and, and it goes on and on and on and on. And From the privacy point of view, I think my my issue would be with children, you know, Um, child online protection because for for the sake of adults there are a lot of tools maybe it's the exposure that is not there as to how to apply these tools but for children um, I'm more inclined to say that we want to see more control over the personal data of children we want to see a bit more simplified transparency in how we apply some of these tools it's sometimes convoluting if a child has to apply those settings even some of the parents who seem to be a bit tech savvy are not able to come through with applying some of these tools that Google has and ultimately, a more robust security measure for children. Mm. The, the real issue we have now is child online protection, and we need to pay attention to that.
0: Mm. Maximus, um, for you, what, what are the ways in which uh, Google can impl- improve its platform? I mean, what do you want to see after 25 years of its existence?
11: I think what they have built so far, the only thing that is competing with it is the, the arrival of AI, and they are also in that space. So they, they are... They've created a virtual assistant and building AIs into their search, you know engine uh, portfolio of products. So for me, since they are ahead of us, what we need is to localize policies you know policies that will protect our data, policies that will protect the privacies of the users of their portfolio of services or products within the, the, the digital space of Ghana. I think that's what we need. Otherwise, we cannot compete. We may not even be influential in contributing to their policy formation and all that.
0: And, of course, one thing um, I know about Google and its business um, policies, but what I do not know is what it has for uh, people in Africa, for instance, on Google, you can actually monetize your channel where you receive yes. some money from Google, uh, from YouTube. Uh, sorry, from YouTube. So let's look at policies, uh, and I want uh, Desmond to address this for me. Are there policies to support small businesses in Africa to thrive online?
12: Um, so, I think there, there, are, there are general policy standards about content creation and monetization and the rest. Um, also, depending on where you are located, geolocation is used to enhance, you know, your content online. So, it uh, might not necessarily be Africa-specific, and I, I'll be frank to say that I have not cited um, any Google document that's speaking about Africa-specific. Maybe if there is, uh, someone could alert me, I can pay attention to that. So, from that angle. I would say I'd like to see look we are Africans, we want things to be better for ourselves. I would like Google to pay attention to Africa, providing you know small businesses that are Africa focused, African oriented, because look, we have economic issues. Any little thing to make it easy for the African to thrive is welcome, you know. So online businesses, maybe getting maybe affordable advertising tariffs, you know, uh, it's it's one good thing to look at. Uh, maybe easy payment means for all of us. Uh, I know they they managed to try to use. Um, um, mobile payments on their uh, uh, Google Play Store. You know, we, we could look at how these channels into other means of payments um, um, uh, through Google and make it easier for people to be able to integrate their small businesses here and make some revenue and, and, and also get some very good content out there. Again, whilst we are battling with trying to grow our business and generate content and all that, we're also dealing with a lot of content fatigue, where some of these contents do not even relate to how we want to develop the SAP region. So like Maximum said, if we have our own policy, we could also get Google to implement some of these things across board through content uh, moderation, uh, content generation analysis, and, and all that. But ultimately, just to address your question, I'm sure Maximum has, has something to say and so that I can wrap up. Um, let, let, let's see Google giving us a more Africa-centric uh, business platform to, to work with, whilst it exposes us to the world. We can't compete. You know, the, the, the Chinese are far ahead, the Europeans are far ahead, the US is far ahead. We technology wise, we are smart, no doubt. But we don't have the platforms. You know, they own the platforms, and all we are asking is give us a quite a fair chance for us to be
11: able to to deliver.
0: Maximus, we certainly share in this view, right?
11: <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I think that even though Google has helped us. Uh, when we when we formulate policies, you know, to make their their content or their presence more relevant, I think the individual users will benefit more. Government will also benefit from the revenue side because people will use their their tools to create solutions, to use their tools to sell their products and services, collect payments. You know, Google is also helping government to collect you know the uh, VATs and the rest. But we need to contextualize their presence, make it more relatable and relevant to our digital you know, ecosystem. If not, they will, they, will, they will run us over. Really, other countries, what they are even doing now is that Google doesn't own the content they display for the, their users in their, their search uh, uh, product. So what they are charging now is a link tax. So if you, if you click on any link within Google, uh, a percentage of the money they get is supposed to go to the content, you know, developers. We don't have it in Ghana, and we produce content for those uh, their platforms. They pay us some money for for maybe a thousand views, or you have Google AdSense, so you become like a, what they call a digital display network. So you show the adverts on your website or blog, and they pay you some money for it. Other countries, they will you know, fight for maybe a bigger chunk of the revenue than the amount that they are currently serving the African, you know, content producers. So for me, policy is very important. They've set up an AI lab in Accra. Having seen an AI policy from the, you know, the space, I know the likes of NCA and the rest, they are working on, on that. You know, they are introducing new products and trying to introduce new policies and the rest. We need to fast track uh, that so that the AIs, the blockchains, the cryptocurrency, all the new technologies that are coming, that are going to drive the digital space in the future. We need to, you know, have a policy and start training young people and, you know, industry uh, uh, experts so they can drive that.
0: Well, hopefully, Google will take some of these. Um Insights to um, help improve the technology, especially for those of us who uh, patronize it in Africa. I'm grateful, gentlemen, for your time. Maximus Ametogo is a tech analyst, and uh, Israel uh, Desmond Israel is a lawyer and data cyber security practitioner. Thank you so much for your time this morning. To so other stories, Ghana's waste sector contributes more than 7% of the country's greenhouse gas emissions, catalyzing climate change and global warming. With well, the government hoping to drastically reduce environmentally hazardous gases by 2030. Researchers in the country have commenced a computational pilot study to convert the heaps of municipal organic waste into cleaner fuel alternatives, including green hydrogen. On climate focus today, Emmanuel Brightquaker joined researchers at the International Conference for Renewable Energy in Africa to explore the potential of integrating biohydrogen generation into hybrid waste
13: to energy. Heaps of garbage at a dam site collected from various households and other sources within the Kumasi city. In this chunk of rubbish are a mixture of solid organic waste materials, scraps, plastics, amongst others. In Ghana, organic fraction of municipal solid waste accounts for 48 to 69% of the waste generation either disposed of indiscriminately or incinerated without energy recovery. At the Maiden in International Conference on Circular Economy, Renewable Energy, and Green Hydrogen in Africa, scientists uncovered the potential of converting these organic wastes into green hydrogen, a cleaner and emerging fuel alternative. Ghanaian researchers at the Institute of Industrial Research and at the Council for Scientific and Industrial Research have commenced a pilot study at a hybrid waste to energy plant at Jankoba in the Ashanti region. Dr. Mutala Mohammed is a Investigator.
14: The project is to be able to convert organic waste into biogas and we are supposed to do about 100, to produce 100 kilowatts of energy, that's biogas from the organic fraction of the municipal solid waste. And in doing so, because it is a pilot plant, as researchers we wanted to actually go further to be able to see how we could actually convert the biogas from the organic waste further into hydrogen. So currently there is a, a pilot sort of like facility at the place and the infrastructure is actually been put in place to be able to produce the hydrogen from the biogas that will be produced at the place.
13: Not only do they wreak of bad scents, waste, are a threat to the ecosystem. According to the Environmental Protection Agency, the waste sector contributes 7% of the country's greenhouse gases, which are precursory elements for global warming and climate change. Through a steam process, the organic waste is converted to biogas and ultimately hydrogen.
14: As I said earlier on, once you produce the biogas that will be produced from the organic material, then you put in the necessary facilities and equipment to be able to convert the biogas into hydrogen. There are a lot of different uh, different technologies that is actually being used, but in this process we are actually looking at the steam, methane, uh, reactor system to be able to convert the biogas into hydrogen.
13: Alternatively, green hydrogen gas can be produced through electrolysis of water with oxygen as another byproduct. Research suggests that Africa has an untapped potential of producing 10 to 18 metric tons of hydrogen by the end of 2050. But including South Africa, Kenya and Egypt, only six African countries are harnessing the potentials of green hydrogen, but none of the remaining countries located in Africa, Prof. Dr. Nayana Nara, as with the University of Rockstock, Germany.
15: So the world is moving and uh, we, everybody sees that green hydrogen is the future for us because we don't have fossil fuels. Biomass is also very valuable for us, even though in West Africa and in sub-Saharan Africa you have a huge amount of biomass. But like we cannot degrade our own forests uh, and state and the climate change is happening. So we need to protect our natural resources and try to find an alternative uh, fuels. And this is where hydrogen plays a major role and especially the green hydrogen. Plays a major role because it is produced from green resources uh, or using green energy sources. And based on which this is the most sustainable pathway. So if uh, Africa can tap onto this, then you are on the best way. Uh, and you can even try to reach a certain level before the other countries can even get to
13: As a natural decarbonizer, green hydrogen could be used as a fuel alternative, feedstock and energy storage. While the country raises against time to harness waste to energy, an energy expert, Dr. Ayobami Solomon Oyewo, is cautioning against the environmental impact of methane gas leakages through the process.
8: The methane leak is quite... Uh, very uh, um, um, uh, injurious to the environment. So, methane conversion directly for consumption is no-brainer. We'd rather have hydrogen, methanol, ammonia, and fish trough liquid fuel. So, rather go for the important fuel, hydrogen, because hydrogen is, a real, is the, is the uh, primary cause or, or primary uh, ingredient for ammonia that we need for the sheep, methanol that we need also and those are uh, for, for the chemical and uh, even for direct cons- consumption of ammonia in the industry. Those- As
13: scientists work to reduce production costs to less than 1.5 US dollars, a policy framework on green hydrogen production for the West African sub-region is being constituted pending implementation of actionable plans.
0: We're well, so on Joy News Desk. and we return from this break, we'll bring you all you need to know from the world of business. oh, 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 oh,
3: oh, 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 oh
9: Season is here, and it's best seen on HD Plus in five times crystal clear images. See the new signings, jerseys, silky skills, and great goals. Catch the DFB Poker, J1 League, and the Argentina Copa de la Liga Professional on Sport HD channel one five one. The best of African football on JTV Sports Plus channel one fifty. World football is best seen feeling on HD Plus. Grab a coda and subscribe for three months at eighty five Ghana CDC at HD Plus. See it
13: feeling. Owning a home is an accomplishment. When it comes to choosing our preference of living, we are faced with a dilemma. Will you go for affordability, comfort, or luxury?
2: Well, we will help you choose your preferred home at a very affordable and convenient way at the 2023 edition of the Republic Bank Lovertham Habitat Fair, slated for Friday, 6th October to Sunday, 8th October, 2023, at the Kumasi City Mall, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. each day.
16: This event is brought to you by your superstation, Love 99.5 FM, in partnership with
1: Republic Bank. Powered by Airport City HDG Homes. And sponsored by DBS Industries Limited, Syntex Tank, the ultimate protection plus insurance product from Star Life Assurance, supported by...
16: Once every year, the finest marketing minds from across Ghana gather to recognize, reward brilliance in the field of marketing, celebrate their works, and connect. This year, the prestigious Chartered Institute of Marketing Ghana presents the 34th edition of the annual National Marketing Performance Awards under the theme, Marketing, a tool for economic recovery. Guest of Honor, Professor Abednego Ferhi Okoyamati, Vice-Chancellor, University of Professional Studies Accra. The date, 30th September, the venue Labadi Beach Hotel. The time is 7 p.m. For corporate table reservations, call Nana on 055-274-6592 or 0242-307-801. Come join us, wine, dine, award, and celebrate all night long. long. CIMG, marketing means business. CIMG, working for Ghana.
3: Yay!
17: Twelve whole weeks of sweating. The shower. Wipe your face. I'm not going to eat sweat. The anxiety. I missed tears and joy. Finally, three institutions have sailed through. It's the final showdown. Which School will emerge the overall winner of the maiden edition of Big Chef Tertiary. Who takes home the cash prize of 20,000 Garda CDs, a 10,000 litre Syntex stand, and other amazing products from our sponsors. The Big Chef Tertiary Grand Finale is coming to the Volta region specifically Ho Technical University campus on Sunday, October 1, 2023 at 4pm sharp. Audience must be seated by 3pm. Come, let's celebrate the artistry of cooking. Audience have a 40% say in the grand finale by voting for your favourite institution by the short code star 713, star 208 hash and follow the prompts. Is it Takara Technical University, Kumasa Technical University or Ho Technical University? Then battle line has been drawn. Big Chef Tertiary is sponsored by Frito Oil, Fortune Rise, Ingomi, Access Bank, and Syntex Tag. Big Chef Tertiary, the kitchen has no boundaries. Joy Prime, your ultimate experience.
5: Hello, good morning. Welcome to the business segment on Joy News Desk with me, Paios Kojobaka. Marketing professionals have been entreated to look beyond just making profit in the organizations. According to market professional and author of a book that, Why Go for Cramps If You Can Own the Bakery, Rolando Fori, marketers should explore opportunities to ensure sustainability in the operations. He spoke to Joy Business at the launch of his book the book talks about how one can shift his or her mindset from scarcity to abundance and start living the life one truly desire it helps to break free from limiting beliefs and empower you to take bold action towards your goals Roland Ofori explained that there's the need for resilience across all sectors in this in this
18: era the, the early is change right we found ourselves in a very strange era of you know uh, volatility, you know, uncertainty, um, ambiguity, right, and complexity. And during these times, people are looking for purpose. People now now go beyond, you know, just nice advertising. They want to identify with brands that have a purpose. And research has shown that 92% of consumers um, will align themselves to brands. That represents, you know, their beliefs. So today, things around sustainability, how well we take care of the environment, is key to even the young person, right? Example is the likes of the greater Tombe. So I believe that brands and firms owe that duty of care to take a step back and, see, and say that beyond selling and making profit, how are we driving the, the narrative in a very positive and progressive way so that we all help make the society we find ourselves better than we came to meet it.
5: The marketing professional also called for more collaboration. Forty-five startups in Ghana are receiving support in digital innovations to enhance the operations to gain access to the African market. The opportunity provided by the African Continental Free Trade Area will give entrepreneurs access to 1.3 billion people across the continent. The European Union-funded African EU initiative is empowering local entrepreneurs to tap into the market. Here's more.
3: We can count
5: All right, I sincerely apologize for that technical hitch. We shall rectify that and bring you that story in our subsequent bulletins. But that's it for business for now. I am Pius Kojo Baka.
0: fateful Monday after work, and to my surprise, I saw my husband and my mother having sex in her living room.
13: I had always suspected my wife. I felt she had something doing with my little brother, and I walked into a room one day, and there they were making out and this is my blood brother my husband who is a banker will not
1: have sex with me because i denied him my anus. is he gay i've been wondering
0: what is your story what secret is eating you up why are you having continual sleepless
2: nights do you need help share your story on our powerful new series where real people share their deepest secrets on prime morning beginning this september drop your stories on our whatsapp number
0: zero five five one five seven five seven five seven remember a problem shared is a problem half solved and every problem has a solution
17: whole weeks of sweating, the shower, wipe your face, I'm not going to eat sweat, the anxiety, I missed tears and joy, finally, three institutions have sailed through, it's the final showdown, which school will emerge the overall winner of the maiden edition of Big Chef Teshery, who takes home the cash prize of 20,000 Ghana CDs, a 10,000 litre syntax tab, and other amazing products from our sponsors, the Big Chef Tertiary Grand Finale, is coming to the Volta region, specifically whole technical university campus on Sunday October 1 2023 at 4pm sharp audience must be seated by 3pm come let's celebrate the artistry of cooking audience have a 40% say in the grand finale by voting for your favorite institution by the short code star 713 star 208 hash and follow the prompts is it Takrada Technical University Kumasi Technical University or Ho Technical University the battle line. Has been drawn. Big Chef Tertiary is sponsored by Fry Oil, Fortune Rise, Indomie, Access Bank, and Syntex Tank. Big Chef Tertiary, the kitchen has no boundaries. Joy Prime, your ultimate experience.
0: And that's how we wrap up the bulletin this morning. My name is Aisha Brian. Let's log on to myjohnline.com. You'll get more of the news, including Ghana Airport Company fined 200000 for failure to provide Joy News with Frontiers Healthcare Services contracts. There is more also on myjohnline and all the developing stories. See you again at 12. i